Thank you so much. Amen. Boy, I'm ready to go. All right. You got your shout out? Now you're going to have to do some shouting over some teaching. Because I'm going to do some flat foot teaching today. And uh, praise God. Thank you, Lord. Welcome, everybody. Welcome online. Give me some lights in the house. Welcome Indianapolis campus. Praise God. I want to talk, guess what, about the resurrection. And um, just kind of as an introduction, I've been doing a lot of teaching here lately about that. I started actually teaching about letters from Jesus, Revelation, and uh, the seven letters to the churches. So I encourage you to come back and check that out. I'm going to take a break. I just started that last week. I'm going to take a break in that teaching to share a special Resurrection Day message. But it goes along with what I shared last week, and, I, and I've been talking a lot about this lately, about how Jesus is the message of the Scriptures. You search the Scriptures, Jesus said, in them, he told this religious crowd, in them you think you have eternal life, but the Scriptures point to me. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. The scriptures point to me. Um, Jesus on the road to Emmaus with those two fellows, Cleophas and his partner. They were two, two disciples of Jesus. And um, he began to, he rolled up on them. They didn't know it was him. And so Jesus, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, beginning with Moses and the prophets, he began to expound in all of the scriptures the things concerning himself. So he showed them himself in the scriptures. So today, we're, we're going to look at, um, let me see, I think we got the wrong slide presentation. I got, I've got one up. Uh, let, me, let me control that. I'm going to quit it and come back in. Uh, that's the right, wait a minute. No, that's the wrong one. So let me, uh, let me, give me some control. Uh, praise God. Everybody stand up. Okay. I need that, um, that's the wrong looking slide. Fifi, uh, could you help me out? That usually there's another logo in there that indicates I can control it. Turn around and greet somebody real quick. Make yourself friendly to somebody. I think uh, I confuse y'all up there. It's uh, Jesus Resurrection is the title. Saturday, it says Saturday, April 2019. I don't know why it don't let me control this thing up here. Uh, there we go. Thank you so much. Okay. All right, we straight. All right. Jesus is the message of the scriptures. Jesus told those guys, showed them in the scriptures, in all the scriptures. They didn't have Ephesians back then. They didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So he showed them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. It's important to look at the scriptures with, you know how you read the scriptures? Through, through the lens of the finished work of Jesus. So you need to look at the scriptures with sunglasses. 
S-O-N glasses. <laughs> Amen. So you look at the scriptures through the lens of the finished work of Jesus. So we're going we're gonna to eventually get to the place where we're going to talk about the, uh, the feast. There are seven feasts in the Old Testament, and we're going to look into the Old Testament, and I believe we're going to look into some things that Jesus showed those guys on the road to Emmaus because they did have uh, Leviticus, and we're going to look into Leviticus, and I'm going to talk about um, a few of, uh, three of those feasts and how Jesus, Jesus actually is the fulfillment of all seven of the feasts. You can see Jesus in every one of them. We're, we're going to look at three today, all right? So uh, I want you to pay, pay attention because this is going to be a, a, a teaching today. And I, I am a teacher, so that's what I do most of the time. Every once in a while, I'll get excited and, and, and get to preaching. Amen. Uh, you need to understand the difference between a preacher and, and a, a teacher, to preach and to teach. To teach is to explain. To preach is to proclaim. Okay. Um, hoop and holler, and I don't know what that is. You can hoop and holler, but if you don't have any kind of proclamation, <laughs> then it's, it's just empty. It's just empty air. All right. All right, let's just jump, jump right in here to uh, John chapter 1. Uh, excuse me, John chapter 20, beginning in verse 1. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away uh, from the tomb. Now, when Jesus rose from the dead, it's very important. There's a lot, lot of side notes here that, uh, boy, I, I know that the print's going to be really small, but that's okay. Uh, you can look at it in, in the app. But uh, these, these slides, have, you know, their text is really small. Now, uh, there's a lot of stuff in here we won't have time to go into in detail, but it's interesting, number one, that the, the you know, the first person that, that Jesus appeared to when she was raised from the dead was uh, a woman. So ladies, y'all are important. Man, where would the church be today without women? And uh, so, and this shows the passion that Mary had. Now, the, the, the tomb had been taken away. And this is something that's re really interesting. Um, Jesus didn't need to roll the, the, the uh, stone away in order for him to come out. He didn't roll it away, roll the stone away in order to get out because he had a glorified body. You see, you remember when the doors were shut, shut the, after Jesus was, was raised and the disciples, they were in a room, they were all shut up, scared. They had the door locked. Jesus just walked in the room because he had a glorified body. It's not a, it's not a physical body, but it, it's interesting. It doesn't have blood. And, and he told them that, to uh, handle me. He said, a spirit, that's who you are. You are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. But you're, you, one day, you're going to have a body, when the rapture takes place, you're going to have a body just like Jesus, which is a, not a flesh and bone body. He said a spirit doesn't have flesh and bone as you see me have. You're not going to have flesh and blood, you have flesh and bone. And it is a flesh body, but it's not a physical body. So it's not a ghost. You're not going to be a ghost. You know, like Casper in the old days. I don't know what the new school ghosts are. But um, Jesus had a, he, has a, he had a, a resurrected body, so he could just walk through the stone. I mean, like he walked in the room when, where the disciples were. You know, wood, if you look at it under a microscope, it actually has holes in it. So Jesus having a glorified body, I don't know all about it, but I imagine that Jesus just changed the molecular structure of his body and just walked through the holes. They say, what's up? See? And so he had a glorified body. So he didn't roll the stone away in order to get out. He rolled the stone away in order for them to look in and see that he's not there. And so, uh, and it shows 
uh, you're going to see something about the character of, of Mary. Her heart, you know, your heart can be in the right place, but your head be wrong. Even though Jesus had told them that he would rise again, she didn't, she didn't understand that. And she didn't believe that. She was just going, it's interesting, but it shows her passion because she's going to the last place where she saw him. I, I know people who don't, don't disturb a, a, like a desk or office of a person who have passed on. My son Al and I went to a place, uh, Ping, it's a, a golf company, and they had uh, Karsten Solheim who founded the company. I mean, this guy was a genius, man. He, in, he invented it started making putters, just fooling around in his basement while he was working for General Electric. He's the one that, that um, some of you old enough to remember the, the little rabbit ears that used to sit on top of the television. That was invented by the founder of uh, Ping, a golf company. He also, um, he designed missiles for, for uh, Desert Storm. And they had a division over there. But they wouldn't take us into his office, but they, they, his office over there was just left untouched. Everything on the desk, just the way it was. And I can imagine Mary kind of like that. She, 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 she just went to the, she wasn't expecting the stone to be rolled away. She wasn't expecting what was, what, what was the, the resurrection. She was just going there to be near where Jesus' body was. But that, that, that shows her passion. You're going to see later that she didn't expect to see what she saw. Man, all that in the first verse. Man, are we going to get through this? I don't know. These slides aren't rolling with me for some reason, but we just keep going. Praise God. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone. Now, this first day of the week is Sunday morning. Jesus rose on a Sunday. Then she ran and came. Imagine what she could have been thinking, man. What in the world? Who took him? Where is he? She ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved. It's interesting, John referred to himself as the, he's the writer of, of John, referred to himself as the disciple who Jesus loves. Amen. Say, I'm the disciple who Jesus loves. Now, he loved all the disciples equally, but John understood and believed the love that, that the Father had for him. He knew that Jesus loved him some him. She ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb. See, that's where her mind went. She wasn't expecting any resurrection. We do not know where they have laid him. Peter, therefore, went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the, the other disciple outran uh, Peter, and he's referring to himself. Now, he, he, John, I can see, you can, you can see the humanity in the, in the Gospels, how John saw fit just to let you know that he could outrun Peter. <laughs> Hallelujah. And see, the Bible sometimes, don't read the Bible and think it's boring. The Bible is very exciting if you just read it and look at it uh, uh, out of the box. The, the Bible is exciting, man. And uh, so, where are we? Okay. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying there, yet he did not go in. Now, this is not a tomb like you see, like, like Lindenwood. It's actually a, it's a, it's, it's a stone like tomb, okay? And the way that they wrapped the body, they had like a, it wasn't glue, but it was a glue kind of substance that they, they wrapped it in linen cloth, but it was a glue kind of substance to where it was like mummy-like. So Jesus just, he just, with his glorified body, again, he had a glorified body. He just came on out. He didn't have to unravel. The cloth, he just came on out, but there was a hard substance. Now, that's, that's going to be very important and some things I want to be saying. Y'all still with me? Yeah. Okay. Linen cloth lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded together in a place by itself. 
Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first uh, went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. See, they, they didn't know the scripture. So Mary is outside, stood outside the tomb doing what? She weeping. Oh, that's right. Y'all can't see that. Amen. Y'all need to get your eyes checked. Okay. She stooped down and looked into the tomb, and, and she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. Now, here's a, here's a picture to me of the Ark of the Covenant. Now, you see, there's two angels, one at the head and the other at the foot of where Jesus had lain. Now, let's go back. Let me take you to, we won't go into this in detail, but there was one piece of furniture in the Holy of Holies, in the tabernacle, in the, in the Holy of Holies where the priest would go in once a year and sprinkle his blood. He would sprinkle his blood on top of the mercy seat. The mercy seat was like a lid that was on top of the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the, of the Covenant contained three items. One of the items was the, the Ten Commandments. And all those three items that was inside of the Ark represented uh, man's rebellion. It was a golden pot of manna which represented uh, man's rebellion uh, against uh, uh, God's provision for them in the wilderness. When uh, manna came down from heaven, then they, he had the... the uh, golden, uh, that's a golden pot of manna, then the uh, Ten Commandments, as I said, that w were in there, and then Aaron's rod that budded, which represented man's rebellion against uh, God's authority, and then the Ten Commandments represented God's, man's rebellion against uh, God's law, okay? Now, they were inside of the ark. On top was a lid and two angels on each side looking down, their eyes representing God's eyes. The priests will go, okay, so this is, this is a type of that. You got angels on both sides at the head and foot of Jesus. And, 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 and notice that the angels, one at the head, the other at the feet. So these angels are both, now they're, now they're sitting down. And see, which signifies that the work was finished. And so, in the Ark of the Covenant, the, once a year the priest would go in and sprinkle on top of that mercy seat, with the angels on both sides, would sprinkle on top of the mercy seat. You know, God's eyes can look and see your heart. He, can, he knows everything about you. But there are certain things that God can't look past, and he can't look past the blood. Well, so God can do anything, but he chooses not to look past the blood. Because when he saw the blood sprinkled on the mercy seat, and, and, and that blood was to cover, not eliminate. Now, Jesus on the cross, he took our sins away once and for all. In the old covenant, the blood only covered their sins. And that blood that the priest would sprinkle would only cover their sins for a whole year. And the angel's eyes looking down on top of the mercy seat represents God's eyes. And they are looking. They don't peek inside to see man's rebellion. They are looking at the blood. And God can't see past the blood. Ooh, glory to God, man. That's good stuff. So that's what this represents with the, uh, the two angels. One, I believe it's Michael and uh, Gabriel, the two, the two big angels, okay, the two main ones, all right? And they're one at the head and one at the feet. They represent the Ark of the Covenant, okay? All right. Uh, what verse are we at? Then the, uh, the other disciple came first with and also saw Okay, then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed, for as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping, and as she wept, stooped, stooped down. Now, 
watch this. Man, this is so good. Stooped down and looked into the tomb, saw two angels in white, one ahead. Okay, I read that stuff over again. Okay, all right, I'm with you. I don't have the verse distinctions in here, man. Okay, here we go. So what did the angels say to us? Why are you weeping? That's a very important question. Um, so why are you weeping? This is a time to rejoice. But she didn't understand that Jesus had rose from the dead. Like, 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 why are you weeping? See, a lot of people live today, they're weeping today. And they're living as though Jesus never went to the cross. Why are you frustrated? Why are you worried? Why are you fearful? He's risen. You're going to hear this again. She said, well, they're taking away to my Lord, and I don't know where they put him. Now, when she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and didn't know it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm saying again, why are you weeping? Why are you not at rest? I'm talking to you now. I'm talking, amen. A lot of people live as though Jesus, I say this often, as though Jesus never went to the cross. Well, this is Easter. Praise the Lord. Jesus is risen. Then they go about their lives, act like he's not risen. And, they, and they're weeping. Okay, it's not Easter Sunday, but why are you weeping? Thank you, Jesus. Well, I tell you what, I got some good stuff. I got to keep moving, man. Whoo. So uh, it said, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be, she thought he's the gardener. <laughs> like, sir, if you, if you took him away, <laughs> she just ignored it. She just ignored his question. Why are you weeping? Whom you seek? It's like, dude, if you took him somewhere, man, tell, tell me where you put him, all right? Jesus said, Mary. Then she got the revelation. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can you imagine her reaction? To, I mean, when she got the, the revelation that this, this, is, this ain't the gardener. Rabboni, which is to say teacher. I'm in good company. Jesus was a teacher. I'm a teacher. Amen. So Jesus said to her, don't cling to me for I've not yet ascended to my father, but I go, but go to my brother and, and say to them, I'm ascending. Everybody say, don't cling to me. Don't cling to me. In other words, he said, don't cling to me. Don't touch me. There's a reason for that. We'll get to that later. But he said, go, go to your brother. Now, after he rose from the dead, he changed his, he, he flipped his language. He never referred to them before as brethren. Before, he already, always referred to them as disciples. This is the first time he called them brethren. After he rose from the dead, now, see, he's just not our Savior. He's our elder brother. I'm teaching here. So... <laughs> Uh, go to my brothers. Say to them, I'm ascending to my father and to your father and to my God and your God. Okay. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to talk about these uh, three feasts. We're going to talk about three feasts and how Jesus, we're going to see Jesus in the scripture. This is fun stuff. Boy, I tell you what, this is exciting. And you can you can go, and I, I used to read Leviticus, and man, I like get what is this, man? I want to fall asleep. But once my, my eyes were open to, to grace and start seeing Jesus in the scriptures, we changed everything. Le Leviticus is beautiful. You can see Jesus all through it. Jesus is in every book of the Bible. Remember, Jesus told those guys on the road to, to Emmaus, he showed, them in, he showed them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And it's hot up in here. Looks like there's a heat on. Or is it just these lights? I don't know. It's just hot. And uh, I don't know. It's supposed to be 67 today. Ushers, I might have got that. Turn that thing off. You know, yeah, I don't. 
I don't sweat. Condensate. Amen. It's from the inside out. Okay. All right. It's that Morris Day coming out. Amen. All right. Yeah. Everybody knows I don't sweat. I'm so cool. And even when I sweat, it's a cold sweat. All right. So back, back to the scriptures here. Okay. We're going to look into the Old Testament. We're going to look into, we're going to see pictures of Jesus. All right. You want, you want to have some fun? Okay, and you're going to have to pay attention now. Now, it, it talks about it here in uh, 1 Corinthians 15. There's a lot here, but let's, let's, let's get into it. But now Christ is risen. Say, Christ is risen. From the dead and has become what? The first fruits. Everybody say first fruits. See, one of the feasts was the feast of the first fruits. I'm going to explain that to you in detail in a moment. He, see, Jesus is the first fruits. That, that was one of the seven feasts. He became the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep or died. For since, man, for since by man came death, that's Adam, by man came, uh, also came the resurrection of the dead. For a, as in Adam all die, even though Christ, all shall be made alive. But each one in his order, Christ the first fruits, Afterwards, those who are Christ. Are y'all Christ? That means you. See, that's why he can call you brethren. Let me see. There's some other scriptures I want to share about that. Each one in his own order. Christ, the first fruits. Say, Christ is the first fruits. All right. Thank you, Jesus. All right, I'm going to back up. These, this is not in your notes, but there's something else I want to get out here. You know, if Christ has, did not rise from the dead, then what we're doing here is a waste of time. <laughs> in that, this same chapter, if you go up earlier, it talks about, um, now, if, Verse 12, now if Christ has preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is empty. This is a waste of time, what we're doing here. If, if Christ hasn't risen from the dead, but, but boy, if he has, and he, and he has, it makes a difference. Man, I sense a strong anointing right now. Watch. Yes, and, and we are also, yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that, that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up if, in fact, the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. The good news is he has risen, so you're not in your sins anymore. Ooh. We're not in our sins because Jesus took our sins away. Amen. On the cross, Jesus took all your sins, past, present, and future. And you don't have to pay for your sins because Jesus already paid for them. And we're going to see this typified in these, uh, in these feasts. Praise God. See, some, some people think, well, now we've got that. Um, I know that Jesus took away all of my sins, but once I, I get saved, I gotta, I, I've got to pay him in installments I have to, or I have to maintain the forgiveness of my sins by, by confessing them. It's not the confession of your sins that cause you to be forgiven. It's the blood. The blood that was shed for you on the cross, the blood that was presented in heaven on your behalf. 
the blood that was sprinkled on the mercy seat that wasn't the blood of bulls and goats and cows and animals. It was the blood of Jesus. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So what kind of work do you think that was that Jesus did for you on the cross when he, when he took your sins? How good a job do you think that was? It was a perfect work. Therefore, there's no sins for you to pay for. Not your future sins, not your past sins, not your present sins. He took all of them. In fact, the Bible says he's coming back a second time not to deal with sin. Why? Because he already dealt with it. If your sins for tomorrow weren't dealt with, Jesus got to go back to the cross and deal with it. It's not your confession that does it. Jesus will have to go back and shed his blood, but he don't have to go back and shed his blood because he already did it. And his work was perfect. Okay, so let's just get into these three. Okay, we're going to deal with three of the feasts. Everybody say three. Okay, now after Jesus died, he rose on what day? Everybody knows that. What? The third day. Okay, so I want you to see the type in these three uh, feasts. We're going to deal with the feast of the Passover. Okay, let me jump in here. I'm way behind over here. I'm, uh, throw this, I think I have this up on the screen for you. Okay, three feasts. There's the Passover, and that took place on the 14th day of the month. Okay, and that represents the first day. Jesus died on the third day. That's what the first day, second day, third day is dealing with here. Okay, so now the Passover celebrated, when they celebrated the Passover, they were celebrating the first Passover when the children of Israel were delivered out of Egypt. Okay, on that night, man, Jesus is, like I say, all through the Bible. On the night of the Passover, the Israelites had to apply the blood to the doorpost on top and on the sides. So that's a picture of the cross. Okay? And so one of the feasts was the feast of the Passover. That took place on the 14th day of the month. Then there was the the, uh, feast of unleavened bread. That represents the second day. Okay, that took place on the 15th. It was a seven-day celebration, and they would eat unleavened bread for seven straight days. It started on the 15th day. But even while that was going on, the Feast of the First Fruits happened on the 16th day or the third day. Y'all got it? 14th day was what? 15th day. 16th day, 17th day, I don't know. Okay, so the Feast of the Passover represented what, which day? Represented the first day, 11 bread, second day. See, this is the, this represents the first day, represents the death. Second day represents the burial. Third day represents the resurrection. Now, I'm going to show you this in the scripture. Y'all ready? This is exciting. You know that G- when Jesus died on the cross, let's look at the Passover that they celebrated on the 14th day. And we're going to see Jesus in this, uh, in this feast of the Passover. Do you know, man, this is, so, ooh, this is so exciting. Jesus died on the Passover. You talk about marketing. God is the master marketer. He, he took the occasion where the most people would be in town. And he said it where Jesus was crucified was on Golgotha's hill, way up high. And this is where everybody is coming to celebrate the Passover. So while the, the, the Passover was taking place over here, Jesus is on the cross over there. And so what would happen, the lamb was killed 
by the high priest as they celebrated Passover, the lamb was killed at exactly 3 p.m., which is the exact time that Jesus died. So what happened was they had an unblemished lamb that was slain. The lamb had to be without blemish. Isn't that wonderful? A, a blemish means that something is there that's not supposed to be there. And see, Jesus, being the, the perfect sacrifice, had to be a lamb without spot, without blemish. Because see, when he rose, we became as he is, so are we. He knew no sin. He became sin. He got stained. He took all our stuff, the stuff that wasn't supposed to be there. He became that. He became stained. And when he rose, see, he, but, but see, he died. He took our place as the perfect sacrifice. And now, because Jesus rose, we are as he is, and we have no spot. Anything that we had before that wasn't supposed to be there, it went away because our old man went away. Our old man, our old nature, and all the mess that was inside of it, all the blemishes inside that old man was washed away, was put away, and we've, we've got a new heart, a new spirit. Thank you, Jesus. So what happened was when, the, when the, the lamb was killed, it was a process, the lamb was killed, and then the, uh, then the priest would blow the trumpet, and he would cry out, finish! He did it at 3 p.m. At the same time, Jesus on the cross said, he bowed his head, he said, it is finished at the exact same time. Isn't that wonderful? And see, when Jesus said finished, that means that the law had been satisfied. Holiness has been satisfied. Our sins have been forgiven. Righteousness has been satisfied. The curse canceled. All the claims against man have been fully met. Thank you. Thank you. By his stripes, you were healed and you'll prosper when Jesus said it is finished. And then what happened on the Passover that they would go out and uh, the priest would take the lamb that was sacrificed, a lamb that was without blemish after uh, they, they, they killed the lamb, and the lamb was roasted with fire. That's a type of the fire of God's wrath falling upon Jesus on the cross. All of our sins were punished in the body of Jesus. The fire of God's wrath fell upon him. And then after that, they would eat the lamb. The, the, the people that brought the sacrifices, they would eat the lamb. And so that's a type of us receiving the benefit of the finished work of Jesus by partaking through faith, receiving what Jesus has done for us. Okay, so that happened, that, that, that's the first day. The second day was the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Okay, so this represents Jesus' burial because Jesus' body rested in the tomb. Okay, now on the 16th day, excuse me, on the third day, which was the, it was the 16th day of the month, all right, it was the Feast of the First Fruits. So what they would do, y'all still with me? Okay, so the, uh, now this represents the resurrection. The, the, the people, they would go out and they would gather the barley, the, the grain in the field. They would bring the very best, the, the ripest, the greenest, the most beautiful 
the first fruits of, uh, of the barley harvest. And uh, they would wrap it in a bundle and they would bring it to the priest and the priest would wave it before the Lord. And this represents Jesus going before the Father. And see, this is the reason. Um, wait a minute, I didn't even read that. Let's read the scripture over here in Leviticus. Um, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land which I give to you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest, and he shall what? Wave the sheaf before the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. To be accepted on your behalf. I was going to share something with you, but I'm just going to save that till later. He shall wave the sheep before the Lord to be accepted on your behalf. See, what Jesus did, none of it was for himself. All of it was for, for you. It wasn't when Jesus went to present his blood in the heavenly holy of holies, it wasn't for him. It wasn't for him to be accepted. It was for you to be accepted. His acceptance is your acceptance. If the first fruits is holy, then the lump is holy. The rest of the harvest is holy. Okay? Have I lost anybody yet? Okay. To be, he waved the sheaf before the Lord. Everybody say before the Lord. To be accepted on your behalf. On the day after uh, the Sabbath, the priest will wave it. Okay, so they would, they would bring the priest, the first fruits of the barley harvest. Okay, so why did the priest wave it? To be accepted. Jesus is the fulfillment of, of the Passover. He's the fulfillment of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. He's the fulfillment of the Feast of First Fruits. Now, see, this is the reason why when Jesus, there was a period where when Jesus was raised from the dead, let's go back to John 20, 17. Jesus said, don't touch me, don't cling to me. That's because the Father had to touch him first. The Father had to come and receive him first before he could be touched by them. He said, look, don't cling to me because why? And he tells them why. I've not yet ascended. I got to ascend first. And present his blood. Now this is this is this is the wave offering. He had to go and present his blood to the Father on our behalf. See later on, if you if if you you read if you go back and study this on your own, he came back down and he said, "Handle me." That's after he came back down to the earth. He said, "Handle me." If, if spirit doesn't have flesh and bone as you see me have, then he gave the last instructions to his disciples, told them to go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, and then he went, whew, caught up in heaven where he, he was seated, okay? But here he had not yet presented his blood in the heavenly holy of holies. And remember, see, when, and after that, God don't see your sin. He sees the blood. And people say, oh, man, if you, if you say that, man, people are going to set world records of sin. If you just said that God don't see your sin. No, he that's forgiven much, when you get a revelation of this and understand how much you've been forgiven, he that's forgiven much loves much. And we've all been forgiven much. Not just if you've been a prostitute or something. Or an alcoholic. Or a drug addict. We've all been forgiven much. And nobody had a monopoly on sin. We all needed a Savior. Okay, I'm almost finished. Y'all getting something out of this? And see, God, once God punishes sin, he can't, he can't punish you for it because your sins were punished in the body of Jesus once and for all. Thank you, Jesus. If he punished you, they call that in law double jeopardy. You can't be punished for the same sin twice. Can't be punished for the same thing twice, see? So Jesus, 
in conclusion, in, in his death, burial, and resurrection, he didn't give us an invoice that we got to pay on after we get saved. He gave us a receipt. <laughs> man, that's good stuff right there, man. Let me show you um, just be, be, be before we go. Um, that's still kind of early, too. Got to get you out here way before noon. Now, listen, listen very carefully, man. This, is, man. this excited me when I saw this. There were um, different ways that they would present offerings. And I want to show you two kinds of offerings. There was a, and how you can see, I want you, now this is, a, this is time for, this is test time right now. I think I have me a sip of tea right now. So y'all ready? This is a test before we go home. I want you to see if, if you see the cross here. So, so the priest would take this heave offering and would, would lift it up high to the Lord. That, that was called like a, a heave offering. It would take the lamb and lift it high to the Lord. Okay, now this wave offering where they, they took the grave, where they took the, um, the grain, and it would, um, and they would, the wave offering, they would move it like from, it would move from like from left to right. Okay. You see the cross? All right, we'll run it by again. The heave offering, priests would lift it high to the Lord, lift it high. The wave offering of the grain. See the cross? Thank you, Jesus. I want you to know on the cross, and it's all through the Bible what Jesus did, his finished work on the cross. Did, did you see him in the, the feast? Well, say something, man. I've been teaching, I've been teaching up in the air. Did y'all see? Did you see him? This, this had to be what Jesus, because that, that, that's him in there. So you can imagine when Jesus was on the road to Emmaus and explaining in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He said, okay, there, there's me right there. There's, there's me in the Feast of the Unleavened Bread. There's me in the Feast of the Passover. There's me right there over the original Passover when, I, when the blood was applied. That's the cross right there. That's me in the Feast of the First Fruit. That, that's me right there. That's me in the, in the heave off, in the wave off. That's That's me right there. The scriptures were given to show us Jesus, Jesus is the message of the scriptures. Read the scriptures with S-O-N sunglasses. It's important how you read the Bible because if, if, if you just think it's just principles of success, all you're going to do is see because what you believe is going to de is, is determine what you see. If you just think it's principles of success, all you're going to do is look at here for some success principles. And miss the whole thing, even though there's success principles in here. That's not how to read the Bible. See, if you think the Bible is a bunch of rules, then you're going to look, at, look here for rules. If you think the Bible was given to, to show you how to behave, then you're going to look for behavior scripture. If you think the Bible was given to keep you away from sin, you're going to look for scriptures to keep you away from sin. Stay away from the immoral woman. Which is good to do, by the way. <laughs> by the way. All right? But the scriptures weren't given to keep you away from the immoral woman. The scriptures were given so you can see Jesus. If you see Jesus, you stay away from the immoral woman. It's not given so you can have a scripture box. And take scripture and pull some out the box. Oh, that's a good one. But when you see Jesus, you, your whole life changes. I can tell you as a pastor, I looked at it for years. I didn't know how to read the Bible. I had been to Bible school. But I was never told that Jesus, and people talk, oh, you, well, you, you need more than grace. Jesus is the person of grace. And people say, well, you need more than grace. Jesus, you don't need more than Jesus. Grace is a person. His name is Jesus. And people say, well, you need the whole counsel of God. Jesus is the whole counsel of God. 
Read Acts chapter 20. Read it on your own. Jesus is the whole counsel of God. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the gospel of grace. It's God's unconditional love and grace. See, people think, that's not just a cute statement I said, that God didn't give us an invoice. But most Christian livers, though, they got an invoice. They got to pay up. Come on. You ain't doing enough. Not serving enough. Not praying enough. All that I've done for you on the cross. Because you can look at it like that and, get, and miss the whole thing. Like, man, Jesus has done a lot. And he has. But it wasn't for you to do more work. It was for you to rest. Rest in his finished work. That doesn't mean you don't work. Paul said, I labor more abundantly than all y'all. Yet not I, but the grace of God is with me. Huh? It's like, it's like Charles Barkley said and, and Kenny Smith. When, when Steph Curry shoots the jump shot, he said, what is it? He said, it's effortless. Because he shoot with so much ease. Or something. It's effortless. See, it, that, that's how the grace life should be. Not effortless, but it should be effortless. Because it's not, I can do all things. It's, I can do all things through Christ. Not be strong. Be strong in the Lord. See, two people can be doing, if you're strong in yourself, you wear yourself out. You're strong in the Lord. You're resting while you work. You weren't given an invoice. Excuse me. You, you were given an invoice. You were not given a receipt. You were given a receipt for your victory, for your abundant life on a cross. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. 